of Witches and Warlocks, and welcome back to another episode of Channel Chasers. As always, I am your host, Jay, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, my good friend, my self-proclaimed sidekick, Brian Kersey. How you doing tonight, Brian? I am doing heavenly good. Alright, so we're going to just establish this rule that the show should have established. We're not using that shit. We're, we're <laughs> stopping right now. 30 <laughs> seconds in. That was, that was your limit. You broke your limit. That's it. Cool. I thought right. you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, we are here once again. Uh, and this time we are discussing the latest season slash part, because I guess they're calling it parts instead of seasons, of the Netflix original series, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So uh, we covered uh, the first two parts in our previous incarnation of Channel Chasers, which is on my now, mm -hmm. unfortunately, uh, you know, my now, unfortunately, defunct YouTube channel. Rest in peace. Um but, uh, you know, just to give kind of a short little blurb about what we thought about it, we both really loved it. We loved mm -hmm. the first. We loved the first two seasons. We could not talk positively enough. And uh, you get and the um, what do they call it? Like Winter Solstice special. Oh yeah, the Winter Solstice special, like the little not Christmas but Christmas special. Yep, we love that one too. Yep. We Even though we were that. like, it's kind of unnecessary, but still, we really like it. Yep. But it does set up some stuff that, that you know, go, goes into, like, that, that they, they touch on later. Um, but, you know, if you can't already tell by our, uh, you know, less than upbeat tone, since this isn't audio only and you can't actually see our facial expressions. And uh, that lovely intro there. Yeah, so... Mm. We got lots to say about it. Um, a lot of it's good. But as I told Brian when I finished it before him, I was like, this is the textbook definition of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. And Brian was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. I was like, no, don't get me wrong. I liked it overall. But the parts I don't like, I really don't like. Sure. For context, without spoiling, I will just say, for me, there were parts that I loved, like, genuinely loved. No, yeah, same. Like, I told, that's exactly what I told Brian. I was like, what I liked about, what I liked about this show, I loved. But what I did not like, I can't say I hated it, but I sure as hell did not like it. Yeah, indeed. Um, and so... And Brian actually brought this up to me when we were talking about it, and I... That, that's exactly how I feel about it. The acting, everything about this show is still on the same level as the other two parts. Like, none of that has gone down. But, but, there is a noticeable quality drop regardless. I think we can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the weakest part of all three. Mm -hmm. So far. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Uh, or that this season was terrible. It was not. But, compared to the other two, just nowhere near as good. 
Yeah, the other two were like A plus, and this one was like B minus. I, I, I would I would give it a C plus, C plus, C plus. And see, there we go yet again, ladies and gentlemen. The B being the more optimistic one. But but what I loved about it was you understood by the time you got to the point where I, I knew you were going to get it. And I was like, okay, at least I know I'm not just being, mm-hmm. now I know I'm not just being Mr. Negative Critic Guy. Because as I've, as I've told um, many of my friends who like don't actually do like content creation, I've spent almost a decade of my life now being a critic. And so I treat things that I watch much different than people who don't do this as a job. And uh, so that's made me pretty fucking jaded. I'm not going to lie to you guys. And even Jay can tell you, because he actually knew me before I was, like, into reviewing, because Jay got me into reviewing. I've always been, like, an optimist in life and everything, so I've become more jaded, but still... Give it time, Brian. Give it time. I too. You say that, but I mean, I don't think you're gonna become like, you know, a pessimist. But give it time. I was once like you. I was, I was bright-eyed and bushy. I was <laughs> bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I, I gave a in my in my early days. I it was very rare to get a negative review out of me in my early days. The only thing that managed to get it in my the early days of me reviewing stuff was The Walking Dead. And that's because The Walking Dead was The Walking Dead. That's all I'm going to leave it at. But... But anyway, moving on... But yeah. Uh, uh, Jake, Jake and Tate, though, um, we were... I was, like, texting him, like, venting when I finally got to the moment. We'll just call it that. Yep. And he's like, I love these reactions. Because, like... It made it made me feel like I wasn't crazy. I mean, granted, like Mimi finished before me. Mimi is a friend of ours. I wanted to get on this episode, but unfortunately, Mimi uh, had work today, so she couldn't do it. Um, so, you know, I'm just gonna send her this link after we're done recording. Um, or and it's up. But yeah, I was talking to I was talking to Mimi who finished before me. And like we we were all, we were on the same page. We were just like, oh my god, dude, because like I I loved it in the moment, but like the second the show ended, everything kind of just hit me, and I was just like, okay, that was dumb, that was dumb, that was really fucking dumb, and I really don't like you anymore, or not? I don't like you anymore. It's I don't like you nearly as much as I liked you. In the first season or the second season, um, and we'll and we'll we'll get to mm-hmm. that when we get to that. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, this will definitely be a shorter podcast compared to our two-hour-plus behemoth that was the uh, crisis episode. Um, again, thank you to anybody who actually sat through the whole thing. Uh, you deserve an internet cookie. Yep. Uh, it's uh, last time I checked, it got like four plays so far as of recording this. So, four people really, you know, y'all are troopers. So, uh, and on you, 
YouTube, it's done yeah, pretty nice. well. Uh, thank you to everybody who subscribed over to the podcast Omniverse and like you know supported that change. Um, real quick. Um, and uh, and all of you who decided to stay yep. on. And um, also, um, thank you to everybody you know, a part of this new podcast audience that is listening to us, you know, as we speak or you know as this recording goes up. Uh, uh, we did not expect the audience to be so international. You guys are awesome. Um, now we'd love for you to submit reviews so that, you know, we could uh, know what you guys like about it and, you know, it'll actually, you know, help the podcast get out there more. Uh, but you know, thank you regardless. Uh, you guys are great. But now that we've got the shout outs out of the way and we've got our general thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and give our obligatory spoiler warning and get right into the shit. Okay, uh, where do I fucking start? <laughs> okay, well, 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 okay, so. Um, I know we don't want to be here all day like the Runaways, but do you at least want to give some backstory of plot? I mean, or I mean no? it's, a, it's a lot. So, I'm I'm just gonna do a I'm gonna do Indeed. a and it's a third part. So I'm not gonna s- summarize everything, but essentially, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a darker, more true to the um, you know current Archie Comics version of Sabrina. So if you see this on Netflix and you think, "Oh, I love the '90s show," let me click this. If uh, if you are if you are a squeamish person, this is not for you. This is not for the faint of heart. Uh, this is one. This is one of the darkest shows I've seen in a minute. If you if you followed Melissa Joan Hart's career, and you're into like all the stuff that she's into now with like the Hallmark movies and stuff, and Melissa and Joey, I. Say maybe this is oh, oh no, this ain't it, Chief. It really is not. Uh, not to say that it's a bad thing, because honestly, like I, I said this straight up, and um, the uh, you know the creator actually thanked me for it. Um, uh, we've actually we've talked a couple of times on Twitter, um, and uh, I, I I followed him. I followed him for a very long time. So um, the creator of this show is obviously also the creator of Riverdale. Uh, Roberto, um, Roberto Sarcasta. I forget what his middle name is, but it starts with an A. Um, but uh, R-A-S, Robert, I'm just going to call him Roberto. Uh, he is actually a longtime comic writer. And he, back in the day when I was reviewing comics, wrote one of my favorite Archie comic series of all time. And that is, of course, called Afterlife with Archie. Now, if you do not know what Afterlife with Archie is, Afterlife with Archie is the Archie comics, but basically set in a suspenseful, dark, twisted zombie apocalypse. Which, yep, you heard that right. Yeah, zombie apocalypse, and it's actually and said zombie apocalypse was actually started by Sabrina. So yeah, um. He is no stranger to the dark, which is why I, I told him before, this is definitely, like, where he is at his best, because, like, 
this is his home, man. He really knows how to play with that the darker aspects of things, and he's really good at it. Um, especially like the horror stuff, he is great. Um, and this is not a dig to the man at all, uh, because this might have been the weakest of the seasons. But man, those first two seasons were phenomenal. Uh, yeah, and like we said, there are genuine parts that we love. Yeah, yeah. In this season, one hundred percent. And I mean, he already he already knows like. He already knows, like, out of the conversation we had, that I, I have mad love for this guy. I've done nothing but praise him throughout the years. And d- despite my love-hate relationship with Riverdale right now, I still I still consider myself a fan. Still consider myself a fan. A reluctant one right now. But that's just because of what's happening right now. But, um... The, the reason I bring that up is because I feel like, uh, um, and I feel like that honestly, uh, with seeing how Riverdale is right now and seeing the state of quality of Sabrina, um, at least this current part, it makes me believe that next week we're going to actually have a great episode in both Riverdale and in Katie Keene, because I feel like Roberto is kind of pulling a Ryan Murphy and uh, focusing on his latest baby and leaving his other two children to fend for themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately, but... Uh, Oh, go ahead, Brian. I honestly forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. That's all good. I'm a little out of it today. But, uh, yeah, so, essentially, um, that's what The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is. It follows Sabrina as she, you know, deals with basically being a witch. But not like, you know, again, not like the 90s version. This is definitely straight up, like, satanic magic. Um, Obviously, this doesn't actually connect to real witchcraft and Wicca and stuff like that. A lot of people were offended by that. And also, a fun fact, the actual Church of Satan sued this show for a wrongful depiction. Mm -hmm. And also because they were using the actual like, legit Satan statue. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about this season. So, uh, this season, um, we had, at the end of season two, the Fright Club basically fight off Satan himself, and Sabrina's boyfriend, Nick Scratch, made the ultimate sacrifice by letting them seal the Dark Lord, Satan, into his body. And trapping him in hell forever. Or at least so we think. And uh, letting Lilith take over. However, Yep. Yeah. There was a price to it. Yep. Because not only was he trapped in hell, he was trapped. Yep. And uh, so at first, they, uh, you know, they think, okay, Lilith, you wanted this job. You can take over. I don't have to worry about it. And that begins my problem with Sabrina. 
And I'm just going to open it right here because this is probably my biggest problem throughout the season. Sabrina is a fucking brat. Yeah, I mean, I could kind of maybe see at like explaining it with part one, but definitely even more so in part three, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, no, no I, I understood it. I understood it way more. But the thing, the thing that I hate about, uh, like, Sabrina now, um, and especially, like, in part three, uh, like, it annoyed me a little bit in part two, but I was like, okay, okay, this is just kind of her being a teenager. Teenagers are just dumb. But no, her friends, they, they all make, like, their stupid decisions fit and make sense. But, you know aren't, like, this level of what the hell is wrong with you. Um, but Sabrina, she makes all these dumb decisions without considering anyone. And yet, somehow, she never gets any consequences. Like, she can always, she always makes it out okay. And I get it, she's the main character, but, like, Jesus... Yeah. Literally, especially with oh, the ending pissed me off so much. We'll get there when we get there, but oh my god, I have a lot to say about that fucking ending. Um, but anyway, so the main journey throughout the beginning is freeing Nick and getting Nick out of there. And also, uh, the Council of Hell, the, the Lords of Hell, they are not into... Uh, you know, Satan's hoe ruling hell. So, they're like, we gotta have an actual morning star on the throne, not, you know, the, the, the guy that Satan was sleeping with, or the girl Satan was sleeping with. Like, you gotta be an actual morning star. Well, or... Also, one other thing that we we didn't point out was the fact that... Uh, oh, yeah, duh. We, that, that's huge. Sabrina's... Yeah. Boyfriend yeah, is house. Not only is he housing, like being the flesh cage for Lucifer. We also find out at the beginning of this season that Lilith is having a good time with it and yep. torturing the both of them. Yep. Oh, also something huge that I forgot to mention that was revealed at the end of season two. We find out actually that um, Sabrina's mother was raped by Satan, uh, essentially. Um, and Satan is actually Sabrina's real biological father. Yep. Um, yeah, in, in, in case... Uh, I'm, really, I'm really glad that uh, we don't monetize these podcast episodes anymore that we put on YouTube, because literally... Uh, in the span of 20 minutes, we've talked about Satan and rape, so. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, but, but, yeah, so, a couple of fall out of that. And those are great. I love those episodes. I, I, let me, I'll break down mm-hmm. how I, I'll break down how I felt about this season, because there are eight episodes in total, and I told Brian this, this is exactly how I felt. First three episodes, Great. The middle two episodes, they kind of drag a little bit. But I still like them. 
Then the last three happen. And it's just like... for me... Dumpster fire. For me, it was like... First three, really good. Really like it. Middle two, still like it. Yeah. And then... And then the the last three, it's like, oh my god, I am getting quality whiplash. Seriously, though, no. like, like jumping from good to WTF. Seriously, though, no. it's it's like Riverdale, but like Riverdale kind of just stays in the WTF area, so you're used to it. But like, it was good for so long, and then all of a sudden, it just takes a hard left. I'm telling you, see it. It takes a hard left. But then it evens back out, then takes another hard left, then evens back out, and takes another hard left. That, that's what I'm saying. That's why I told you. It's the, it's the textbook definition of a mixed bag. Indeed. Like, seriously, though. Okay, so, yeah. It starts out with just, the, like, the fallout stuff, and, of course, Sabrina's still trying to figure out, like, how to free Nick and all of that. And then, you know, her, like, realizing that she has to actually rule hell. Um, if she wants the world to be in balance. And if she wants Nick to be free of... Yeah, and also, um, uh, this is, like, her, like, starting to realize kind of the stuff her father has to do. And um, I just gotta say, like, straight up, <clears throat> dude, stop trying to, like, change things like at this kind of level. This type of stuff literally determines the balance of the universe. Don't put your own influence into this. You're literally supposed to be a neutral force. Stop not being neutral. That pissed me off so much. Like I was getting so annoyed. I was like, "Okay, so what if he so what if he seems like a nice guy?" He was uh, he was sent to hell, not heaven? Okay, do your job. Yeah, he. You never know what he did. Um, That's what I'm saying. I mean, I know he sailed. He sold his soul for to play chess, but 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 he literally he sold he sold his soul. You don't know what what that action did to somebody else, man. Like. Chess seems harmless, but what what did, what could, what did that what did that do? You need to think of the bigger picture. This is not the good place where the system is fundamentally wrong, and that's why so many people are going to hell. No, this is just regular as okay. You cl- the, God determines whether you go to heaven or hell, and you were sent to hell, so you should just be going to hell. Like, don't don't try to play. She was literally playing God here, and I was like, stop. No, that's not how you do it. You're supposed to be neutral. Sabrina should have just watched Good Omens, man. Or or read the book, because seriously, you clearly don't know how this celestial shit works. And I know you're a teenager, so I can't... I couldn't get fully mad because she's a teenager. She's not supposed to know how to rule hell. Also, you have to understand the weight of this 
freaking job. You can't just treat this like you're like working part time at a Seven Eleven. You're over here like I still gotta do this. I gotta do cheerleading practice, bitch. You are in charge of an entire realm. And also, might I add, she brought on Lilith as her advisor. But just expected her to do all the work. And also, didn't listen to her half the time. That's what I'm saying! Her advisement under consideration. Because it wasn't wasn't like she was trying to trick her. She was actively being like, okay, that's dumb. Do this. Yeah, because the thing about Lilith that makes her such an interesting character is she's not like good or evil. She's chaotic neutral. In it for self-preservation. She's chaotic neutral. Yeah. That's what she is. And she's in it for self-preservation. And in order for her to be preserved at that time, it was to keep Sabrina on the same sur- rule. Yeah. Because if Sabrina didn't control the throne, the first thing they would have done if they had replaced her with Caliban is kill her. Because they don't need her anymore. Yup. And as they her, their words, not mine, she's Lucifer's whore. Exactly. Who Lucifer doesn't even like anymore. I mean... After what she did to him, I can't... <laughs> can you really blame him for not liking her? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Honestly, I like... <laughs> this is gonna be weird to say, and as a Catholic, I feel wrong for saying this out loud. I actually like Lucifer a little bit more than I like Sabrina. Because, uh... like, yeah, he's a dick, and he's, like, you know... But he's supposed to be. Like, he's fucking Lucifer. What's your excuse, Sabrina? Teenager. I mean, that doesn't excuse everything. <laughs> I know, and neither does just saying because he's evil, but still. Yeah, uh, but, but it is kind of in his, but it's in his job description. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, but yeah, so that's the beginning of it. And, you know, just so I'm not like in full on I hate this show rant mode so you guys don't think I hate this show, there is stuff in the beginning that I really, really enjoy. Like, for example, something that I complain about with Riverdale all the time. The teenagers never do teen things in Riverdale. In fact, the teenagers act more like adults and we're supposed to forget that they're 17. But they constantly remind us that they're 17. Um, And they say they're 17, and yet they do things all the time, like sleep sleep through school, constantly, like... Work during the day on a school day at a construction site. Uh, um, Get together, if you know what I mean, which I know normal teenagers do, but not this much. Well, no, see, that's definitely normal teen stuff. That stuff... Yeah, but, like, selling rum and sell, selling alcohol, yep. that, that, that's where I draw. And drinking it in broad daylight with adults around. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Because, like, 
I was a teenager. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, growing up, I definitely, like, drank at my house with my parents there. And, you know, they were okay as long as we didn't, like, go anywhere. And we were in a controlled, safe environment. And it wasn't, like, too much. Um, but, like, this? That was a little too much. But, you know, I'm saying all this to say that, like, in Sabrina... The teens actually do a lot of teen stuff, and it's great. They're like normal kids, and it is. They even have like their own band, which is really good. I this made me so nostalgic. I mm-hmm. I want the Archies back. Damn it! Which, uh, for the record, though, I I'm just curious because we never talked about this off mic. Yep. Uh, who who has the best voice for you out of the three? Because they all get their own song. You talking about between Roz, Harvey, and um, and Dio? Dio? I would probably say I'd probably still say Harvey, but Roz is up there. For me, it was Dio. I liked Dio. Dio, he has a good voice. He definitely has a good voice. They all they all can sing really well. Um. My fa- my favorite cover that they- my favorite cover that they did though was definitely their one of Teenage Dirtbag. That's just one of my favorite songs in general. So like yeah. when I heard that riff, I was like, "Oh, that I know what song this is." Now, also to play devil's advocate though, they never sing at all in parts one and two. Nope. Uh, Sabrina did, and I no, and I get it. Well, actually, Sabrina and Harvey, well, Sabrina and Harvey did because they had a musical in the first part. Yeah, I meant beyond that, yeah. like just in normal day. Which I get it, the band thing, and that's cool. And also, I could explain that away, but cheerleaders don't usually sing. Okay, so this is my biggest problem with. <laughs> like the Riverdale universe in general like and uh, you know this is going to turn into a little bit of a rant about like two weeks ago's episode of Riverdale real quick so if you guys aren't watching Riverdale I'm just going to explain this real fast so the coach in Riverdale uh, the new coach that they hire in Riverdale brings up a very 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 actual valid point Mm-hmm. <laughs> because Cheryl treats the cheerleading squad like her personal band instead of actual cheerleaders and instead of actually cheerleading they do song and dance routines which is not what cheerleaders do cheerleaders we- dance yes but they don't they, they don't do covers to full on pop songs uh, and to be fair when Riverdale first started they were doing this, but they did it with. They were Joe, doing they do, it as they did it with Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were doing it with Josie and the Pussycats, and that made sense. And then they did it with Archie and Camila, or I said Camila and Veronica. <laughs> they were doing it with Archie and Veronica, who both had established in the show that they had like musical talent and a music background and wanted to do music. Or they did Archie and Melanie. Not Melanie. It was Valerie. Melanie never talked. No. Melanie said one line. Did she really? All I ever saw her do was Mean Mug. Uh, She finally said something when they split. 
She finally said, "Like we're done." Oh, gotcha. Because or something. Because like, like all she's ever, all she ever did in that show was like look like mean mug Archie. <laughs> like she was the Yo. she was the best mean mugger ever, though. Like she she give these just expressions of "I hate you" like so much. It's like you are the male Yoko, right? <laughs> but. But yeah, but yeah um, that, that's just that, that's just me on a little side rant. And, like, they... and also, um, anyone who know anyone who like knows, bring it on. Which, by the way, we both really like yep. it. And so, um, anyone who knows, bring it on, will recognize the art form that is cheerleading. And also, and when and when and when a grown up tries to bring this up and focus back on cheerleading instead of giving a musical performance, they're looked at as a villain. Seriously. And also, like, I've been watching Dare Me, uh, like, you know, for the past few weeks, uh, which is a show, that a drama that is mainly focused on cheerleading. And it's really cool. And cheerleading is really interesting. And it's, it's like... Got all this like these cool like gymnastic elements along with dance and rhythm and music, so like you can still incorporate the music, but th- the song and dance part is completely unnecessary. And you guys, we did a High School Musical, the musical, the series episode. You guys know we love spontaneous musical numbers, but there is a time and place. Like I mean, this 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 show. I know it's jumping around. This show literally used a music number as a way to save the day. Yep. The cheerleaders did a music number as a ritual to transfer their energy to the witches. <laughs> Which was really, it was cute, but also I gotta admit it was dumb. That was stupid. And also, if you listen to their words, they're praying to the goddess of dance. Yep. So singing had nothing to do with it. Yep. So it's just like, <laughs> I mean, like, dude, don't get me wrong. Like, you you have all these actors that can sing really well. Ross has always been an amazing singer. I watched Austin and Ellie. I know. But like, come on, dude. Like, the, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna do <laughs> music stuff. Just do it organically. Every year in Riverdale, you do a musical episode because you set up a play. That's organic. That's fine. And also Riverdale. That makes sense. Also Riverdale previously had Josie and the Pussycats where they could organically put it into like a performance or performing with them. Yeah. So I say keep the music numbers, but keep it. With the band, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it makes sense. Yeah, if you want to do music, keep it with the band, because the the band like completely disappears halfway through. It does, and it's upsetting because I want them to do. I want them to keep doing the regular teen stuff because that's the stuff I like, and it's a really cool concept, and they're a really great band. They are. And also, just fun fact for those of you guys who might not know like too much about Ross Lynch and. uh I only know this because they had like a little, uh, they had like this little special thing on Disney Channel one time and uh, like did, did like a little interview series for some of their stars. Uh, but Ross actually can play like, oh, like I think like 10 to 12 different instruments. He's very, very talented. Like, 
that kid is crazy talented when it comes to music. Um, he I, he can play drums, guitar, bass, piano, uh, several other things. It's it's crazy. Uh, like mm. I I get it. You got a kid that talented. You want to incorporate music somehow. The band is the perfect way to do it. Just keep doing it. Keep it in the band, though. Yeah. Just do the band or just do another musical. But, but anyway, um, back to this. Yeah. Though. So, um, but yeah. So the hell, the hell stuff kind of it's it's constantly happening in the background. Um, and she keeps shirking her job, and eventually it gets to the point where she's so incompetent about this job and not taking it seriously that the lords of hell take advantage of it and are like. Okay, you're clearly not doing your job, and you clearly don't want to be here. So, uh, we're opting to take over because you clearly don't, you know, want to actually have this job. Um, and we're replacing you, and we want to replace you with a man who's literally made out of clay and uh, is, uh, you know, inexplicably extremely attractive and about your age in terms of looks. So, uh, yeah, th- mm-hmm. that's definitely not going to come into play at all. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah, so eventually it comes down to this like ongoing MacGuffin hunt, which is the part of the show where I say it drags a little bit <laughs> because this really slows down the pacing a lot for this season in particular. Like they'll stop a plot mid plot just to be like, oh yeah, we gotta find the thingy now. Yeah, it's like Sabrina could be like, oh yeah, the. The world, the world's ending. My aunt is shot, but you know, you gotta go find this bowl, or you, you gotta you gotta find Judas's thirty pieces of silver. And then I, I I love that like you know all this stuff is happening, but then like you know somebody like Ambrose or Zelda is like, no, you don't understand, Sabrina. If you get control of hell, you can fix all of this. So you gotta do it. I'm like, really. I feel like you could have just helped. I, I feel like helping your family is a little more important here. But bet. Okay. Go on your little quest. Yeah. And um, the quest don't amount to anything. Mm. They really. No. Okay. They, amount, they amount to three goons, which, by the way. I will praise this show up and down. The effects for it oh, are they're phenomenal. awesome. Yeah, the effects are phenomenal. Like, not, but there is one part that I I personally think that they faltered. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. And that is Vlad the Impaler. Oh, yeah. He, he looked like a season one villain on Legends of Tomorrow. You know what I thought he looked like? I thought I what? I thought he looked like a season one like um, post dragon um, villain of uh, legacies. So like you know that that point in legacies where like the budget was kind of running low because they spent it on a, mm-hmm. they spent it on a dragon. So yep, I get you. It kind of like that of. Like, um, Legends, for, this is, like, dating this episode, but Legends just recently did Rasputin. Yeah, Rasputin. And 
he looked a lot better. Yeah, honestly. Which is and also I don't know about you, but when I saw Vlad the Impaler, I was like, why does he look like it's like Kangas Khan or like Attila the Hun? Exactly. He didn't even look like European. He looked kind of Asian-y, and I was like, why does he look Asian-ish? Yup. He kind of, I hate to say this now that you mention it, he kind of almost reminded me of the bad guy from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, a little bit. I can, I can totally see that. Um, but yeah, the reason I say don't, they don't really amount to anything is because, like, really all they do is serve as, like, the source of a DSX Machina, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. later. They become, they become unlikely goons, and then smelted down, their items smelted down to create a half DSX. of a MacGuffin. Yep. So, anyway... That's the that's the hell stuff, and I'm not gonna lie. There were parts of the hell for, uh, portions that were kind of interesting. Like I said, the whole like sending souls to hell, that's a really cool concept, and I liked and I especially liked um, the dilemma and the conflict it put on Sabrina. It's like, man, that's a lot of weight to put on a teenage girl. But also, mm-hmm. like, dude, do your job. But all and also. There's this good-looking evil guy that she obviously has some kind of chemistry with, and normally that would be fine, except for we've already done this. Yeah, that was literally Nick's whole thing. Yep. That was Nick's whole thing, and it turned out Nick actually had a heart of gold and was a good dude, and that was awesome. Because they were like they were doing the subversion thing of like we're not gonna directly do Sabrina and Harvey, because um, you know, like that's the direction everybody expects because you know everybody's seen the '90s show and it's always been Sabrina and Harvey. Now, if you've read the comics, you'd know that uh, things go a completely different way for Harvey. Yeah, but also, um, but also, I will admit with that plot though, they did kind of subvert it. And I'm glad about that. Because mm-hmm. she does end up getting with him. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm glad they don't ever act. Because she, cause she stands firm throughout. And is like, no, I'm with Nick. And I'm, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not into you, man. It. And she never, like, kisses him or anything. I was like, okay, cool. Thank goodness. And she actually kills him. Yep. Or not kills him. She, I think she just steals him away. But he's... Well, she said he's dead. Well, he's pretty much dead because he's never going to get out of there. Exactly. But also, um, she never gets back with Harvey, even though they hint at it the whole entire oh, time. Oh, she's going to get back with Harvey next season. I don't... Um, yeah. Like, like, straight... Once they did the whole, like, she's not actually his true love thing, I was like, oh, here we go. And the candle where she put her Harvey's name on it as well as Nick. Yep. But the... But... But and here's the here's the thing that's interesting. Here's the thing that it, it's interesting about that that foreshadowed the that foreshadowed the breakup, um, or or foreshadowed the Nick breakup. Uh, the if you notice, only half of that candle is burnt, and it's the Nick side. So the Harvey shit's still there. Um, dude, one side was Sabrina. No, I no, I know. That. Um. No, what I'm what I'm saying is, she write one candle, right? Sabrina, 
Then the other candle, she writes Harvey and Nick. Yeah, no, I'm saying no, but uh, no, but the Nick is on one side of that second candle, and Harvey's on the other side. The side with Nick is the part that burned. Hmm. Interesting, but so, but I don't know if they'd be that pedantic, but um, but yeah, with this show, but yes, but I will admit that they didn't do they didn't do the one stupid thing that I thought they might do. Well, what was that? Harvey and Sabrina having sex to save the world. Okay, so real quick, I just want to say. I just want to say, and you know, I I still I, I applaud the show for not um for not for like encouraging a positive message. But I don't know about you guys, but if my literal life depended on it, I wouldn't care if I was in love with this person or not. I would just want to live. So um, I I would I would have done the deed. And also, to to be fair, though, in in. Harvey's case, he they tried that, but her powers kept acting up, and she kept seeing his ex. So, yep. no, no, that, that isn't Harvey's defense. But I'm just saying, like, I I, I laughed so hard at that part because literally they they they're pushing a like pro sex message, like be, for once being a virgin did not help you save the world, like. Horror, mo- horror movie, horror movies, girl, uh, make you t- uh, make you believe like that the virgin is always the one who makes it to the end and survives. They're always the final girl. So that's that's why I love um, the movie Cabin in the Woods. Well, that's when Cabin in the Woods is so amazing in general, is because like it mm-hmm. it's a complete deconstruction of those tropes, and it like it does it awesomely. Yeah, in, in including the virgin thing, but I will just leave it at that in case you guys haven't seen that movie, and I don't want to spoil it. I mean, also, it's like almost a decade old now, so like... I know, but still, it is a lesser-known movie. Like, some people don't even realize that Thor's in it. Yep. Um, but, anyways, um, I, <laughs> that, I just found it hilarious. I was, I was like, okay, so li- literally, they're being like, yeah, having sex will save the world. But I do, yeah, and I do like Theo though, because Theo's like, I like you, and it's like doing it will save the world. Literally, so. like Theo is the man because he's like, you know what? I like you. I don't want to die. I'm gonna go ahead and do this. Mm-hmm. I like you. You consent to this, and I don't want to die. It's so cool. Which also, can I just take a moment to say that the MVP of this season is Theo Putnam? Mm-hmm. Like, Theo was already my favorite character, I think. Uh, Harvey was, he used to be. And not to say Harvey's bad this season. Harvey's still great. But Harvey was my favorite character. Well, Harvey does have a moment, but it's typical. Uh... It's, it's, a, it's a typical Roberto thing. It's a typical Roberto thing. So I excused it. Like, that's why that didn't bother me, because I was like, I gotta remember. But yeah, Theo, Theo is awesome, and I love that moment though. Because after after that, like funny, let's let's do it to protect both of us. Scene, they then have like a serious scene where it's like talking about who they were or are, yeah, and how ne- 
neither of them care about it. They just like each other. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And um, you know, again, I will. I really applaud like Roberto for like and, and just the team in general behind this show of uh, creating a ser- character like Theo and not making a big deal about Theo. Like no, like of course he's in a small town, so there are going to be some pricks. But like, his friends all fully support him. Uh, his dad supports him. His his dad is reluctant, but supports. Yeah, him. but the, yeah, but you know what I mean. At least they don't do the whole trope of like the, yeah. the dad. The dad disowns him because you know he uh, that was his daughter, and that, and he doesn't want his son because his son is a freak. You know. Which unfortunately is also real. Oh yeah, that um, yeah, that's still realistic. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to say like the world is completely ideal and trans people are just loved everywhere. But I, uh, I, you have to applaud that. Like, you know, this it's a much a it's a positive portrayal of a you know a group of people that you know rarely get portrayed well. Mm-hmm. Um, although and- Netflix has been knocking out of knocking out of the park. Uh, with re- representing the trans community, though, because they've got Orange is New Black that obviously had Laverne Cox as uh, Sophia Verset. Uh, mm-hmm. They had Sense Eight uh, with Nomi, who unfortunately was not actually played by a trans woman, but you know, Nomi, the character from Sense Eight, was a trans woman. Indeed. So you know, there's that. Um, and and you know, now we have uh, Theo to add to the um, add to the bunch and. You know, a lot of people talk, and, like, trans women are often talked about, but it's rarely, like, trans men aren't um, aren't as, uh, like, commonly spotlighted. You know, like, a lot of the, a lot of the big, uh, you know, well-known trans people are people who have transitioned from male to female. Like, female to male uh, is a rarely highlighted one. So, again, just... And big, also, um... Big props for that. It's, it's, a. Uh... Not as well done at this age group. Yep. Which also, by the way, just real quick as we're talking about, like, Theo and all that, I I love that they just, like, you were talking about how they just made Theo not a big deal. It's just who the character is. Well, they gave Theo a love interest, and that's just part of... Yeah. And I... And... And I love Harvey, like, all throughout, especially with Robin, because at first they're like, he's new, so can we trust him? And then he's, hi- he's, hi- he's clearly hiding, hiding something. something. Can we trust him? Oh, he's connected to the bad guys. Uh, we really shouldn't trust him. And then and then at the end, though, Harvey's like, hey, c- cool. Glad to have you part of the team, man. Yep. It's like glad to have you a part of Fright Club. It's like Harvey's just Harvey's just so great, man. Harvey is what Archie should have been this entire time. Yep. Because like you know, yeah, Harvey has his dark. And this is a good transition to just talk about Harvey. So Harvey has his dark moments. Harvey has his dumb moments. He's a teenage boy. We're supposed to be dumb. All teenagers are dumb. I get it. Which is why, like, I can. You know, sh- you know, shrug off some of Sabrina's stuff, but some of the level of dumb is a little too much. But you know, Harvey, he does some dumb stuff here and there, but it doesn't go off the rails with him. Like, no. it all, it all, no. it all makes sense fair, for who he is. 
And to be fair, in part three, his biggest dumb moment, he was being influenced by Satan himself. Yeah, literally Satan's whispering in his ear. So it's not like he just actively chose to put on a mask and start beating up people like there aren't actual police in your town and your best friend is the fucking sheriff. Your best friend's dad's the fucking sheriff and yet you want to... You must have, like, watched an episode of Arrow and been like, oh, I can do that. Sorry. But, you know, I don't have any archery skills, so I'm just going to use my bare hands. Because I was able to fight a bear for some reason, so fighting a regular person, that's no problem. Which, by the way, if you fight a bear and you almost die... I don't know if you won that fight. You definitely did not. (laughs) Who won that fight was Jesus, because Jesus clearly stepped in. Or, you know, the person who walked away from that fight, the bear. Yeah, definitely the bear. The bear always wins. That's that's lesson number one, folks. The bear always wins. Uh, But anyways, sorry about the Riverdale tangents, but I I have to let this out somewhere because I'm really getting fed up with this show. Um, Indeed. uh, But yeah, Harvey's fantastic, man. Um, I I love him all throughout. He's like, no matter the stupid things he does, he still remains to be that like sweet, innocent, doofy kid. And it's wonderful. Like, like he has that like genuine, um, like Clark Kent small town boy, um, courage and honesty type. Like, um, still, still one of my favorite moments. We talked about this in our like original podcast episode of part one. This is my absolute favorite Harvey moment is when he and Sabrina are like gearing up to do the thing. And he, uh, and, and like they get naked, and Harvey genuinely has the look on his face of a teenage boy who gets to see a girl naked for the first time. Oh, it wasn't even they were getting ready to do the thing. It was Sabrina was trying to make sure that, that she didn't have a mark on her, a like demonic mark. Oh, on oh, her. oh, yeah, 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 the claw marks. And then, like, to make Sabrina feel comfortable, Harvey also got naked. Um, and they're just standing there in the middle of the woods, naked, and it's kind of an awkward moment, but then you look up at Harvey, and he's got like, doofy teenage he's got, grin. He's got a doofy smile, like, oh yeah, I just saw titties for the first time in real life. <laughs> Yay, titties. <laughs> like, it's great. He's like a, he's an actual kid. That's what I like, man. Like, and like, that's the joke that we always make about Riverdale is that why didn't they just make these kids 18 so that we don't have to like cringe all the time? Because I'm not going to lie. Like, of course, the, the women on Riverdale are extremely beautiful. So seeing them dress provocatively and, uh, you know, dance around provocatively and do provocative things. That definitely is hot. But also, there's there's that voice in the back of your mind that's like, 
yes, the actors are of age, but you have to remember in context of this show, that is a 17-year-old doing all that. So, that's kind of gross. Yeah, but... It's like the Pretty Little Liars thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, like you, you know for a fact that it's like it's hot, and they're they're of age, so you're fine. But like in your head, you're also like, but in the show, they're 17. Mm-hmm. This is kind of nasty. I mean, we don't want to even get into the fact that, um, in the context of the show Riverdale I mean not Riverdale Pretty Little Liars had a scene where an underage character was getting together with a non-underage character in the bathroom of a coffee shop and the mm. ne- and the next day um and the next day she walks into school and there he is hey Mr. Fitz and you would naturally think okay they messed up. Forget about it. Nope. They're in game. And also, turns out he knew about her the whole time, even before she met him. So he actively saw her sought her out, despite knowing her age. Let that sink in. Yep. Yet still endgame. Yep. Beautiful wedding. And they end up also adopting. Oh, and also, they're both stinking rich. Yeah. Popular authors. And Reese Witherspoon is optioned to direct the movie. No, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm getting angry again. But anyway, back to... Yeah. Um, so we talked about Harvey. Yeah, Harvey's fantastic. I loved Harvey. Um, uh, what about we uh, transition and talk yeah, about his girlfriend? Yeah, let's talk about Roz. I, so Roz was a character that I liked, but I like I think... I felt like in the first two seasons, she was a good character, but she was mostly used as a plot device. And yeah. I feel like that still kind of carried over. Roz got more to do, so I definitely liked her more here. But also, she was even more used as a plot device in this season. Like, literally, there's a whole section where, like, Medusa turns her to stone and they gotta fix her. So she's like, not there's even involved. Legit. There's legit, like, a fourth of the season that she's not even in, at least. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't expect us to love this character nearly as much as, like, Harvey and Theo if we barely get to see her. And when she's on screen, she just kind of uses, Hey, Roz, I need you to do the thing so we can solve this problem. Which also, by the way, quick nitpick about her, is her character has been mostly revolved around the fact that She's been a plot device, been able to see things that are bad that aren't, like, normally there. I mean, hell, in this same season, Harvey was about to eat a chicken leg that came from hell, and she stopped him. Yep. Because she saw what it really looked like. And yet, they go to the, they go to the circus, and the circus announcer, ringleader dude, she sees them. As being a satyr. And she literally doesn't say anything. Nope. Like, why? Something is clearly off. Come on. Like, dude. Harvey even asks her. It's so inconsistent. It's so inconsistent. It's stupid. 
But I will say that um, if the fin- the finale was, we'll get to it. But if if they use what happened at the finale to continue Ross, yeah, your Ross's yeah, character, if they, if they, I would really like yeah, that. If they turn, it, the only reason I don't like her nearly as much as Theo and and Harvey is because Theo and Harvey are active characters that like affect the plot. Ross is a passive character that is affected by the plot. But. But just because we're talking about her, we can say it at the end. I like it where uh, Harvey's like, no, I've seen Clash of the Titans. I can handle this. But she's like, no, let me go in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, and he's like, no. And then she ends up saving his ass. Um, okay, so uh, so um, after, now, now that we're done talking about Roz, I want to just quickly talk about this now that we're talking, now that we're actually transitioning into this. So the whole concept of the villains this season Super fucking cool. Completely wasted. Indeed. Completely wasted. Indeed. I was so excited when they were revealing all this shit. It was like, oh wow, it's an old gods versus new story. This is awesome. We got Cersei. It's, we got Medusa. It's like you we got You see you see a snake. You see a snake lady going around, and then even though you're thinking it in the back of your head. They confirm it when she has a pile of stone people in the. And back. then you see, you see the lady. She she turns these asshole jocks into pigs, and you're like, no way. And the ringleader, the ringleader calls her Cersei. Yep. I even like freaked out when I heard that. That's I was what I'm like, saying. What the That's fuck? That's what I'm saying. So it, it's such a cool concept, right? You're thinking, oh shit, we're gonna get, we're gonna get the, um, we're gonna get the, um, you know, the uh, you know, the practitioners of magic versus the source of old magic. That's so cool. And even later on, they confirm Ringleader Dude isn't just a satyr. He is Pan. The god of wildness and madness. Nature, wildness, and madness. Like, bro. Holy shit. It's such a cool concept, and I was so excited for it. They do nothing. They do literally nothing. Like, it's... And also, by the way, this is a whole haunted circus. Yeah, those are the only three that we focus and also, on. Well, them and Robin, yeah, Pan's who's, son, yeah, who's a hobgoblin, mm-hmm. but also a good yep. guy. But and, and so here's and here's the thing, right? Like these are such cool villains and such a cool concept. In another in another show, and dare I say it, and no offense to this show, but in a better show, say Legacies, you put these villains in here, you put those villains in Legacies. Shit's gonna go down. Like, can we have a whole seat, a whole show just dedicated to like this? I mean, I know, I know there's talks of doing a Percy Jackson TV show, like, but even yeah. that wouldn't be like as horror as this. Is. Well, I mean, it's not supposed to be, but also it's gonna be so much. Exactly. It's gonna be so much fun to see that. But yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know. 
actually like explore the terrifying aspects of these monsters, which Percy Jackson can be terrifying at points. I'm reading those as a kid. Like some of that shit freaked me out. But like like I said, if, if Medusa if Medusa, Cersei, and Pan showed up on legacies, shit would be going nuts. In- indeed. I, I, I mean, mean, we had one episode with just a Gorgon in general show up, and shit was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had a magic sphinx that showed up. That was from, like, ancient Egypt days. And you know what? They didn't defeat nope. him. He escaped. They literally... He left on his own. Also, they have a literal necromancer. And he escaped. Yes. He escaped and now is like a potential big bad. But yet you have the setup for such good villains. Such a good conflict. And then they just completely waste it. They stand for... A majority of the time that they're there, they just stand around waiting for them, the humans to come to them. And then when the few... Yeah, and... Uh, and we also find out that their big, their big bad plot is basically Nicolas Cage's The Wicker yep, Man. and they're trying to summon Swamp Thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're literally just trying to summon Swamp Thing. Literally... Like, yeah, Brian's Wicker Man, uh, Wicker Man, like, comparison is very accurate because it's a, it's a giant, like, you know, Wicker effigy of the god. But also, it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, the sadly canceled DC Universe Swamp Thing. How, you know how, like, when Alec was killed and, and like, he mm-hmm. became Swamp Thing? That's what the Harvey thing looked like, but way shittier. Mm-hmm. Um... Which that's part of the reason why Swamp Thing got canceled was because budget was yeah. so high. Um, but yeah, but, but yeah, um, and, and so and so it, my, and another problem that I have with the villains, right? That's like probably like the biggest takedown and like negative about this season. They build them up so much, and yet it was so fucking easy to take them down. Oh yeah, um, let's. Let's just say that we have this, we have this big bad, and yet these three really big bad characters. One of them, literal Cersei. One of the. uh, One of them a Gorg god. One of them literal Pan. Yet one of them is taken out by two teenagers, mainly one. Yep, mainly one. And then one is taken out by Aunt Hilda, which good for Hilda. But also, Jesus Christ, that was yeah, graphic. And then the last one was just taken out by another teenager. Yeah, I believe. uh, I think it was like a. Well, I yeah, Robin helped with that one too. No, it was Prudence. Oh yeah, yeah. Prudence took him out. Like he was distracted by using his trying to use his madness. Yeah, yeah. On Zelda and yeah, and then, yeah, and then Prudence took him out because she wanted revenge because he cast madness on Agatha, and Agatha is now a complete nutso. She's more crazy than Harley. Yep. Quinn. 
Yep. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Like, seriously, though, like, they're, the villains were so cool and set up to be so cool. And then it's just like, boop, boop, <laughs> boop. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Really? That's it. That's it. Also, by the way, um, I just realized this. Cersei is supposed to be, well, fucking Cersei. Mm-hmm. Yet, all she does is um, <coughs> turn the stone people back into flesh, um, turn the jocks into pigs, and then back, and then turns Hilda into that spider, yeah. Thingy. But that's it. Yep. And then she dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all they do with Cersei. Fucking Cersei. And Pan, the literal god of madness, he makes one person go insane. Now, granted, I'll give Pan at least this. His shit, his shit actually stuck around and made a lasting impact. So, I'll give you that. So, that's why I'm okay with that a little mm-hmm. bit. But, like, come on. Cersei, though? Because, yeah, because even... Because the whole entire thing with Cersei is she puts Hilda into the spider thing and she goes mad and the only repercussion from that whole storyline is some random asshole that we don't know died. Oh, yeah, oh, not not just some random asshole. Some random Southside Serpent asshole. He was oh. in a Southside Serpent jacket. Uh, and he's from Riverdale. Um, uh, wow. But, but yeah... He just died. It's yeah, just Rando dude. Just him, because you okay, yeah. think, yeah, because like we, you think like, oh man, the major impact of this is, oh shit, Doctor Cerberus is fucking dead, and it's just like, nope. Oh, okay, cool. How are you dead? How are you still alive? I don't know. Uh, plot. And then she's like, I guess I saved you for later, and he's like, well, I guess so. I, I, I hate I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I will be honest with you. I hated that whole storyline. Same. Hilda. Same. It's dumb. Hilda is my favorite adult, but I hated that story. It's fucking stupid. That's why. Like, look, Zelda is a bitch. That's something that I complained about all throughout both parts. But Zelda has always been the smartest person on the show. Why was she being so fucking stupid? She's literally turning into a monster, Zell. Like she's saying I'm scared. Uh she's got she's covering up things on her face. Bitch, get your head out of your own ass for like 2 seconds and look at your sister. Yep. Like, oh my god, that was so fucking dumb. And I, one trope that I hate from TV, movies, genre shit in general is when you do something major that like is like, oh fuck, how are we gonna get out of this? And then by the end, everything is just magically solved. And that is that mm-hmm. is literally what fucking happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck that. 
Fuck all of that. So now that I'm already in full rant mode, since I'm 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 already building the momentum, let's talk about it. Damn it! All right. So biggest spoilers here. We're talking about the finale. They fucking did it. They fucking did it. Like it's such an issue that even people who listen to the podcast will know the audio only podcast will know. What is the one thing, the one thing that will frustrate Jay the most as a plot point? Let me tell you, three words. Fucking time travel. <laughs> Yo. R.I.P. headphone users, I'm sorry, but fucking time travel. Are you serious? Are you fucking serious? Yes. What the actual unholy fuck? Are you kidding me? Roberto, my man, you're my guy. Love you. But have you not read Harry Potter? Have you not seen the movies at least? You are making a primarily magic-focused series. Rule number one of writing a primarily magic-focused series. You never mix that shit with time travel. What is the what is the one thing what is the one thing that JK Rowling constantly regrets ever putting on paper? The fucking time turner. The Time Turner is arguably the one thing every Harry Potter fan collectively hates. Because it makes no goddamn sense and ruins the integrity of one of the most beloved magic-focused franchises. Because literally, you could just be like, oh, hey, Hermione literally had that her entire time at Hogwarts. Why did you use that to go back in time and stop fucking the whole thing with the Sorcerer's Stone? Or, I don't know, why don't we go back in time and stop Harry's parents from fucking dying? Like, dude, I mean, I know that's not how time turners work, and please, Harry Potter fans, don't flame me and be like, you're just spouting things and, like, hate on time travel. That's not actually how time turners work. They only have a set time frame in which they can travel back to, unless you count Cursed Child, where they do the complete bullshit and do the thing where you can go all the way back in time. Yeah, I know. Okay, I know how time turners work. I just fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. And also, and also for the record, me personally, when it's done right, I love time travel. But you don't but mix. Notice m- those key words when it's done right, and but- also it's when you, it's um. Look, I get it. I I love genre bending stuff where where you combine two things that you don't think would work together and work well together. Magic and time travel are not two of those things. But 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 you have to have a precedence for it. Um. Even though I personally loved it, I think this is why Ravenswood did not work. Nope. And why that failed. Yep. Because you have this world that is set in realism, 
relative realism that is about solving mysteries and murders. Yep. And normal, quote-unquote normal, teenage life. Yep. Yet, all of a sudden, you're going to introduce... Ghosts and spirits and all this other, like, ancestral magic type stuff. Does not fit at all. Does not make sense. Um, but, but like I said, like, you know, there, there are certain things. Like, time travel and magic can work, but not in a show that takes itself seriously. I mean, case in point, the fact... Legends of Tomorrow. That's exactly what I mean. Where one of their team members is a literal warlock. That's exactly what I mean. Like if you're do- if if you are doing it for comedic purposes, uh, like and you're not taking it seriously, and you can just kind of wave things away because it's a comedy, and you're just doing it for the sake of having fun. Yeah, go nuts. That's fine. But I mean, see, for those of you who might not know, season, I think it's three, of. Or four of it, Legends of Tomorrow. It's four. It's four. That's when Constantine four, joins. Sorry. Season four of Legends of Tomorrow. Their villain is a literal demon. Not just a demon. He is. Li- he's literally like one step below Satan. Exactly, and they actually show him in his like fleshy glory. Yep. Um. And but yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like. This show, Sabrina, takes itself seriously and has been a serious show all throughout. And so mm-hmm. introducing the concept of time travel into it breaks the show. And goddammit, I'm not going to lie to you. It almost broke me. And I know you, I know you can hear it. <laughs> and also, I'm sorry, but just quick side note to all of this. What also got to me with that scene is the whole trapped in stone thing. Yep. That looks so stupid. That looked like it was going for comedy. Also, okay, so I want we're gonna fully explain the plot, so I'm not just yelling about time travel. But I just I I, <laughs> I just want to say this one thing before I start explaining this stupid fucking plot for the ending. Um, I understand that the whole like the whole joke is that the witches don't really do the whole sci-fi thing. But, bitch, you are friends with one of the biggest nerds in your entire town, and yet he never explained to you what a fucking paradox was? I mean, you used to date That's what I'm... a guy who dreams about working in comic books. He idolizes Grant fucking Morrison idolizes Grant Morrison. The most trippy, headspacey, arguably one of the few comic writers who has done time travel without giving me a headache. And done it interestingly. And yet, you haven't been like, hey Harvey, so time magic is a thing now. Let's talk about it. Also, Also, by the way, I am a little disappointed in Harvey and his, like, comic bookness. Yeah. He never once made a flash joke when it came to Robin. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> Robin he, came in he, there like the he Flash. Literally can, he literally has super speed, and you never mentions like, Flash or even, like, a Quicksilver or anything. 
also, like a small nitpick, small nitpick. Like since I'm still on kind of negative mode, this is just a small nitpick. This like is has is no knock against Harvey. But also, they completely dropped Harvey's, like, want to becoming a comic book artist. Like, that's just never mentioned again. Like, I know they've had, like, they had bigger shit to do. And so maybe he just hasn't had time to draw. But, like, he had a whole, like, subplot, like, about going to art school and shit. Like, please don't, tell, please don't tell me that this is going to go the way of Archie and his guitar. And he's just going to forget about it. Also, um... While we're talking about quick nitpicks, though, yep, um, it was more than it was more than Harvey's. Um, it was more than Harvey's uh, the, the drawing, but they barely touched on Theo being an athlete. Oh yeah, and become yeah, being on the basketball team and shit. Yeah, that and I mean they they kind they quickly touch on it because like like the jocks respect him now because he's like one of the star players, but like you know. Um, like that was it. Yeah, that was the only time that they mentioned yep. it. But also, like, but yeah, back. Also, they never like really bring up again that like Roz can see now, and she almost went blind. Yep. I mean, they they um, use it as a half-assed excuse for cheerleading. Like, oh yeah, I got to go to an eye appointment. And then the cheerleaders feel awkward. It's like, oh, okay. But that was it. All right. So let's talk about this stupid fucking plot. Indeed. Okay. <sighs> Finally. Okay. Uh, so we we reached the third trial. Yep. And the third Ooh. trial has to do with collecting the 30 pieces of silver used to betray Jesus by Judas Iscariot. And so, um, basically, Satan informs Sabrina, the only way you're going to be able to get that is if you are able to travel back in time. I could send you there, but if I directly help you, it's going to disqualify you. Well, no, he doesn't say that. He, we just find out that the Ninth Circle is, is in a, like... Temporal. Yeah, it's in a, like yeah, it's in this weird like temporal zone. Time operates differently. Yeah, that's all we know because they don't hint about it. They don't. The only time that they hint about it was um earlier with the with the like first trial. Well, no, the bowl trial. Yeah, yeah, the second yeah. One. When they do actually travel back in time. Well, no, she goes to a time where it's. Where it's like in flux. Yep, it's a time loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a time loop. Yeah, and, and and you know that was understandable, and I, I was okay with that. Like, I, yeah, I was fine yeah, with that. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah, that makes sense. Like magic, magic trapping somebody in a time loop makes perfect sense. That 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 doesn't break the rules. That doesn't ex- like break the established rules of the world at all. I got you there. Got it. However. When, when she gets to, when she gets to hell, she get she gets the coins, and she like makes the dumb move of uh, giving the coins back to Judas when Judas asks to hold them one more time, and surprise, bitch, it's Caliban, and Caliban's like, ah, the point of this whole trial was betrayal, so guess what, you're being betrayed, bye. 
Well, no, he's not only he's not only like you're being betrayed. He's like, I have completely betrayed you. You are trapped in stone. Your dad is trapped in stone. Your future brother and the woman housing him are in stone. Bye, Felicia. Yep, he just dips. And then, literally, it becomes, like, worst-case scenario apocalypse. Like, and then, like, but I I did love this part because, literally, uh, like, they they narrate it. Um, So, essentially, what happens is Sabrina's not there because she's trapped in stone. So literally everybody fucking dies. Systematically. And I loved watching Brian react to all this. Because he's just like, no! What? Wait! They just can't... No! Yeah! Hilda... Hilda... Uh, not Hilda. Zelda... Gets shot! By Mary! Well, not only does she get shot, but then she goes on this epic spirit oh, quest... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah! Where... That was hilarious! I'm not gonna lie. I laughed at that. I laughed pretty hard at that. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me do that part. Okay, so Zelda gets shot, and so you're like, oh fuck, Zelda just got shot because Mary Ordwell was tricked by Satan into thinking that like the reason for her, you know, fucked up existence and like, you know, her losing time and all that was because of um the the Spellmans and because the Spellmans are witches. Which, to be fair, he didn't lie to her. That's technically the truth. Yeah, but you also forgot to neglect the fact that the man that was telling yeah, her... Yeah, was the devil. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, Mary shoots Zelda. So Ze- And then Zelda ends up in limbo, where she gets guided by Edward to figure out, like, the true source power of magic and how they can, de- how they can defeat the pagans. And so, she wakes up triumphantly and is like, I have the answer. I know how to defeat the pagans. Die! Well, not a, not the, not only does she die, she she first says that, and the only person that she's seeing is the Banshee, the omen of death and bad news. And then she looks over, and the girl that she's kind of been crushing on yep. is dead. And uh, then she sees Father Blackwood. And then Blackwood proceeds to stab her in the neck. Yep. So Zelda just dies right there without even getting to reveal her answer. It's just like, well, shit. Okay. Yep. And then. Oh, and it it gets worse. It gets worse. So we keep going. Um, Agatha, Agatha, crazy Agatha shows up. It goes up against Prudence. Well, she goes up against she goes and... up against Dorcas first, and then Dorcas gets annihilated. Yep. But then also. That was earlier on. That was like an episode earlier. Oh, yeah. But it, so it's like R.I.P. Dorcas. And you're like, yeah. It, see, if anyone had to die. I'm okay with Dorcas because Dorcas was just a minor character. And then Agatha and then Agatha comes in and we see her go up against Prudence, which honestly, that uh, fight yeah, was, it was, a, it was a dope ass fight. I like that fight. It was lackluster, though. Yep. It was very lackluster. But, um, and then you're like, okay, well, it's sad. Now two of the sisters are dead. And then you look over, Father Blackwood, stab Prudence. Yep. And then it's just like, well, damn. And then poor Ambrose, man. Ambrose is just like, ah, shit. as As she's dying, Prudence sends out, like, 
a psychic message. Yeah, to Ambrose. Ambrose. She reaches out into the force and it's like, Ambrose, come here, hurry. Poor man. My like he's my favorite witch character, probably. Um mm-hmm. Ambrose, he just he has to have his girlfriend die in his arms. And then it's just like everything just completely goes to shit from here. Harvey gets murdered by the Swamp Thing statue. Theo and Roz end up getting murdered. Well, we don't know what happened. They probably got murdered. Uh, they, they all got murdered. Because we see their skeletons and shit tied up to the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so they got starved, tied up, having to watch Harvey turn, basically turn into this. Turn into Swamp Thing. And then crash it up. But also, by the way, might I add that might I add that Robin and Nick died off screen the traitor and the warlock yeah because that that, that was mentioned in the like in the narrated story that Ambrose reads off well no the Pan says it to them he's like we already killed your the warlock and the traitor yeah and he wants to see them look at them and suffer. Yep. So they're like, "Oh fuck!" What? Yep. And the- and and if it wasn't horrible enough, as they're as they're all screaming for their lives, dying here, couple screams out actually go out for Sabrina. Yep. And then we cut to Sabrina and Stone. And so you and so like you know normally like. In a nor- like normally in this type of situation, this would be where like the audience is like all in fear and they're like, "Oh shit!" But then you're like, "Oh, but you know me, having wa- uh, you know reviewed and watched TV for so mm-hmm. long, I'm like, they're not doing what I think they're gonna do." Well, well, after, well, first after Agatha died, I was thinking, okay, maybe they're not, maybe they're not gonna go there. But then I thought they, maybe Agatha's death could could be yeah, permanent. Yeah. yeah, and then they could spur, and, and it, it it could be used to spur on Prudence. But then Prudence dies, and it's just like, well, nope, they're going here, and then they end up killing. Yeah, and off, then yeah, then they end up and then they off kill the off Hilda. Yep, and they kill off like all the humans, and you're like, okay, they're gonna walk this back. They're somehow gonna walk this back. Yep, and I was like. Literally, but how? No, and and literally, I'm gonna tell you guys like this is this is this was how it went down when I was watching. I was like, "Oh God, please don't tell me they're gonna do time travel. Please tell me they're not gonna do time travel. Please tell me they're not gonna do time travel." And then I literally, it ha- it happens. I paused my I paused the episode. I paused the episode. I like I'm laying in my bed. I paused the episode. I turned to my pillow, screaming to my pillow, walk away. <laughs> I, I grab my crutches. I walk away. I walk downstairs, get a drink, pour myself a shot of tequila, drink some tequila, go back upstairs. That is literally what I, that, that was my reaction. I was just like, nope. 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 Ah. But, and I can tell you that yet again, due to um, 
Well, I say yet again, but you guys don't know this. Uh, if you only watch, if you only know this and you don't know the previous podcast, sometimes I wait till the last minute. And I marathon it like the day that we're recording. Which is like eight times out of ten. Yeah. But. But yeah. uh, I was watching this. And. And it was just like literally as it was going down. I was like. OMG. They really went there. And li- and within seconds, I'm like, "Yup, they did." And then I <laughs> texted back, "Your favorite plot device." And I was like, "Yup," but it's just the way they do it, though, with Sabrina showing up and then her going in and coming into an apocalyptic world where. Everyone is dead but Ambrose. Yeah, and then literally they just they, they take care they like take care of Father Blackwood who is literally unkillable. But I did well, um, but I did like I did like the what they did with him. I thought that was really clever. They brought back the the, mm-hmm. the, the dream demon from the first season. I was like, okay, that, that was it came out of nowhere though. No, I mean we we know that it was sealed away and kept in the house. I know, but they haven't touched upon that since, like, part one. Oh, I know. I'm not saying it's not dumb, but at least it makes more sense, because, like, that was established. Also, by the way, might I point out that this show, I didn't say this in text, so you don't know what's coming. Okay. But they, not only did they introduce time travel, one of the most, like, things that could be done so wrong if done the wrong way. They also did number two on that list. And that is fucking zombies. Yep. In this post-apocalyptic world, there's plant zombies. And no, not the cool not the cool Last of Us spory type vampires. No, I mean zombies. No. This is the, like, just Walking Dead, but also covered in a few vines. Yep. And they and don't, it's like, and, what the and, hell? And they don't even eat people. They just kind of aimlessly wander around the Swamp Thing statue. They chase them for a little bit. And then aimlessly. And that's it. And they aimlessly wander around the Swamp Thing statue. And they're ultimately just killed, not even by, an, not even by any of the characters. They're killed... By the the champ the guardians of the MacGuffin things. Yep. Of yeah, of the unholy regalia. Yeah. Which also it was really fucking stupid because like uh like Ambrose even points out he goes, "Are you sure they're gonna just let you take their stuff?" And then and Sabrina's just like, "Yeah, they know they know that this is what they, uh, this stuff was meant to be used for." And I was like, "Really?" This is what it, and they they know that this is what it was all building I, up. I, to. I was like, this exactly, like like they knew you. Were and gonna... I even put that on. I even put that like texty J. I was like, really? So these guys were guarding these these things for centuries, 
so that they may be used by a teenager and eldritch magic to time travel. Yeah, I was like, I I feel like if they knew that, they would have stopped you because this is really fucking dumb. It is. And then it really so, is. So she she goes back in time by swinging a mor- swinging a morning star around because of course it's a morning star because you know on the nose. Yeah, which um I forgot who it is now, but a review viewer I watched pointed this out. It's like I think it was Crimson Rogue actually now. Uh, just because you point out how ridiculous something is in your plot doesn't make it any less ridiculous. Yeah, lampshading does not work. It doesn't. Because Ambrose even says it. He's like, you're not going to believe it. Like, Re- like Riverdale does it all the time, and it, it does not help. It doesn't. Like, the, the, there's, there's a difference between being self-aware and that, like, adding to the plot. Like, High School Musical, the musical, the series, right? It's complete. It's self-aware, which is what helps make it funnier and not just straight up cringy. But they don't point it out all the time. They just let it happen, and you realize, oh, they're in on the joke. But pointing it, bringing attention to it, doesn't doesn't make it funny. And it just makes it worse. And might I might I point out that that whole scene of the time travel was so stupid. She's. She's holding the egg of an eldritch beast and swinging around a morning star, a literal yep. morning star, and she time travels. And not only does she lose both of them, but then her first words after time traveling are when. And then, what am I? Yep. It's like, what the fuck? Yep. And then. Literally, after that, she like she goes back, um, she basically informs everybody, stops most of the major deaths. Then we get a cool part. We do get a cool part in this. I'm not going to lie. We get a cool part in this because Zelda gets to reveal her answer. And Zelda's like, okay, fuck all the Lucifer Lilith shit. We're going back to the roots, everybody. We're going to actually worship the goddess of magic and witchcraft. I was like, oh my god, that makes sense. Yes, finally. Go back to the beginning. Finally, we're doing stuff. And we have this awesome scene where all the main characters, where all the main female, main and side female characters, including Ross, are all holding hands, chanting... Yeah, they they do they do a whole ritual to bring back Hilda. Then Hilda's brought back, and it's awesome. And I'll give you that. That is the one cool part of that enti- this and entire also, bullshit ending. And also, just in tr- going back to the whole true like Harvey being awesome, I love it. They they pan over after this big thing, them holding hands and doing that, and it pans over to to Harvey, Theo, and Ambrose, and all of them are like. Whoa. Right? And Hilda gets brought back, and in true Hilda fashion, she's like, oh, okay, uh, what's going she's on? Like, she's like, hey, guys, what I missed? <laughs> let me just let me just take a shower real quick. I got dirt everywhere. Well, she's at this point where she's died and come back. She doesn't even care about that. Anymore. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That, that's what's hilarious. But, like, and, but, and, yeah, that was great. 
But then we just get into a bunch of stupid shit. Literally everything that was built up was just is just wiped away in one fell swoop of the hand. Also, I forgot to point this out earlier, but we were talking about Percy Jackson. They legit pull a move straight out of Percy Jackson. The movie, not the book. They, they, yeah, sorry, movie. I'm, I'm sorry, no, that I'm is sorry. A Percy I, Jackson I, movie. Yeah, I just have to, I just have to staunchly defend that because I'm a big Percy Jackson book fan. I um, get the, you. Uh, yeah, and just I, and I will openly admit that I'm ignorant towards the books. But out of the movie, uh-huh. they they defeat the Gorgon, and she says, hey, let's save the head. Maybe we could use it for later. Which, to be fair, Ron is smart. She's clearly played God of War. That's literally what I thought. I was like, okay, Ron has played God of War. You, 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 you put the head in the sack, and you use that as a weapon. That's also done in the Percy Jackson movie. Oh, I know. But also, God of War. It's much... Uh, I, 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 yeah, that, that was funny. I, 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 like, there, there's some good moments in there, but like, like I said, like, Ambrose's whole reading of the events that happened, all this bad shit happened. We've, we find out that like, the, the, the eldritch forces, like the old gods and shit, they're so powerful that they're able to beat back the forces of hell and heaven. And it wasn't even the Eldritch, though, dude. No, I know they're just the old gods. It was just the pagans. Yeah, just the old gods. The pa- the pagans, with their green god and everything, managed to turn the whole world into a forest. They won. Yep. They beat back the forces of hell and heaven. And killed every living witch except for Ambrose Spillman for some reason. And they wiped out all the demons. Ex- except for the guardians of the holy regalia because they were managed to hide. Yes. Which also, by the way, might I point out that I just realized something. Alright. Serena Serena uses the... They start to attack her and go after her. She uses the powers of hell to stop them. They're like, okay, well, we're now your servant. Yep. Like, they don't even question it. They're just like, okay. Yep. Yeah, everything's just everything's just like, all right, cool, cool. We don't have time for this. Fuck it, we don't got time for this. There's only one episode left. And so Sabrina uses her future knowledge, and Hill and Zelda and Hilda now being alive to fight back the pagans, which is that scene alone where they fight back the pagans. Yeah, that was pretty... It, it was awesome, because you get to see the witch well, army and stuff, but, like, again... Yeah, uh, it was conflicting. It yeah, was... Because it looked so cool, and it was cool seeing that army... I'm sorry for cutting you off for, again, Brian. Uh, but, like, again, everything just wiped out so quick. So quick. And that's exactly what I was gonna say, is, is the fact that it was awesome, but also... Underwhelming. Yeah. To quote another to quote another supernatural thing. It's very disappointing. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty Priscilla from Buffy. Oh my god. Pretty much. It was seriously disappointing. Cause like 
you know, I would have loved to see this in the actual timeline because they probably would have been able to flush it out and, you know, do better. But nah, like, it's just, uh, we only uh, we only have, like, 20 minutes left, you guys. Let's, let, let's hurry it up. Let's go. And, bu- and by the way, part of the reason why we're sitting on this isn't just because of this. It's because of what happens next because okay. they end up saving the day. Yeah, and so everything's I, done. Yeah, everything, and now it's time for Sabrina to go and yeah, yeah, she's supposed to complete the fucking time loop, so that you know every so that this this is ensured to happen. This is called the bootstrap paradox. You you become your own grandfather, or well, it's either you can either call you can either refer to it as a bootstrap paradox or a grandfather paradox. You are the very reason you uh, that's caused for going back in time, and you're the reason you saved time in the first place. So it's a it's a complete cycle. It's a loop that you need to continue, right? But Sabrina, mm-hmm. Sabrina being the fucking brat that she is, she's like, nope, I'm gonna have my cake and eat it too. And why do I have to go back when I'm already in stone? Yeah, it's, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna leave myself here. And you know what? Uh, oh, hey, other me, what's up? How you doing? We're, exi- we're we're two we're two copies of the same person existing in the same plane, and I and they even call that out. She's like, so the past her is like Ambrose said that. So what are we gonna do? Merge now? And the and her future self says, yeah, Ambrose told us to do that, but you know what? Fuck that. She doesn't use those words, but that's uh, what she says. <laughs> She's like, nah, we're good. And it's just like, well, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Well, it's like, well, I want to be queen. It's like, okay, that's cool because I want to be a teenager. And it's just like, what? Wait, what What? what, what are you doing? I, 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 no, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. What? what what's, and, what's happening? They go even further than that by showing us her coronation. Yeah, so on coronation. Yeah, so one of the Sabrinas ends up like fully becoming the queen of hell, like gets a coronation and all that, and she's sitting on the throne. Um, you know, looking all like Marie Antoinette for some reason. And then you know, Daddy Lucifer's all proud, and you know, she's supposed to sit on the throne up until her brother comes of age. And then it's just like, okay. So... And then we cut back and. Other Sabrinas just having nice normal. Oh, oh! Which, by the way, like the, the Sabrina that went to become the queen, uh, actually says good. Has a really there's a really nice scene with like a heartfelt goodbye where she's like, I don't know how long, you know, I don't know when's the next time I'm gonna see you, um, because I'm gonna take on my responsibilities now. I'm gonna be an actual mature person and do my job. Oh, she says that before she does the time travel. No, 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 I, no, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying before this all goes down, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's, uh, so, you know, we're to assume that, oh, shit, so Sabrina's actually going to take responsibility, and maybe next season we're actually going to see her rule hell for a bit, and then she'll find a way to get out of it later. Nah! That's not what happens. So, yeah, we get, we get regular Sabrina, and she just comes back. And it's just like, hey, Sabrina, I thought you were supposed to be ruling hell. It's just and like, she's like uh, no, that whole thing with Lilith and Dark Lord and all, that's all over. We're good. Yeah, we're never, I, trust me, I don't think we're ever going to see them again. 
Yeah. Okay. You're okay. And then, and then, and then, you know, like Ambrose being the best character ever is like, bitch. I, I love this because I even wrote it down to Jay, his exact words. Because he's like, you did something. What did you do? You're lying. You're obviously lying. I know you. You you obviously did something. She's about to tell him. She's like, well. And then he looks at her and he's like. And he's like, sweet dear, what the hell did you do this time? And then literally, because Ambrose. And, this, and I, I love that they bring this back because, you know, they don't really touch on it much until this point. But Ambrose, he bonded with Harvey a lot because Ambrose is also a huge nerd. Mm-hmm. And so Ambrose, he goes, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? Yeah, is I, actually, I actually wrote it down. His, his first words were, dear girl, what have you gotten into this time? And then literally, she's like, oh, don't worry. And she explains what it is. And she goes, Ambrose literally says, you created a fucking paradox. Yup. He goes, you, he doesn't say these exact words. He's like, you fucking idiot. You created a fucking paradox. Uh, do, you, do you not realize the, like, the magnitude of what you just did? And she's like, eh, you it'll be fine. You literally could break time. What, 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 and it's what, like, what if your aunts find out? They're never going to go to hell, so why would they find out? What if your father finds out? Oh, he's too narcissistic to even notice. And it's like, what if Lilith finds out? Oh, well, she's a problem, I guess. And, and, then, and then she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Nothing's going to go wrong. And then literally, the clock breaks. And it's just like, oh yeah, sure. Which, by the way, they don't really explain how Father Blackwood escaped. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, that's, a, that's another plot hole that or how he found the twins. Um, I, th- I think okay. So that that one, uh, that one, that, that make that one makes more sense because like they do actually show him going to like the Spellman house, and they do kind of just leave uh, Judas and Judas uh, without like actually going back to retrieve them because uh, in the previous timeline, that's what uh, like Prudence tells Ambrose to do, and then you know that uh, true, that, but. But still, so so we then cut to Father Blackwood, who's got the egg that has an Eldritch horror in so, it. By so the I'm, way. Yeah, like, I'm so confused about that. So like, um, how did he get that? Because the egg disappeared when Sabrina used it for time travel magic stuff. Is that um, is is that the egg that was already there that she later t- that Sabrina later takes to use in the future to time? See, this is why I hate time travel. Yeah, yeah. You just nailed it on the head there. Okay. It's because she created this, like, alternate universe thing. Uh, she hadn't collected the egg yet in the timeline. Okay, so so that is the actual egg from the past, whereas, like, the, mm-hmm. the egg she used to travel to the past was from the future. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably didn't make sense to the audience, but I got it. And so... And for those that might not know the term Eldritch Beast, we're talking about HP, Yeah, like H.P. Lovecraft type shit. So that's what we're going to have to do. Like Cthulhu, who, by the way, for those that don't know, 
in H.P. Lovecraft lore is this huge, like huge, bigger than the Earth, squid monster thing that in official H.P. Lovecraft lore, we are all his dream, and if he wakes up, all existent ends. Yep. And, yeah, th- that's what we're going to have to deal with now, because Sabrina fucked up. And also, I I have this sinking suspicion that I think I know where they're going to go with that. And they even hinted at it several times, because they were like, oh, so now you've gone to hell, and limbo where's next heaven she's like oh no i have a feeling that what if what if part four or part five ends with angelic sabrina versus demonic sabrina oh because she's still because she's still got that like because she's still got kind of a bit of a holy aura to her because she was like baptized and stuff well also because they have confirmed that Lucifer was a fallen angel. Oh yeah, and she does have angelic blood, yeah, and that's the whole reason why, yeah, Dracula like, burned, yeah. So, I got a feeling that we're gonna get angelic Sabrina versus demonic Sabrina. Yeah, or, or the two Sabrinas are finally gonna have to merge and then they're gonna have to take on, like, an Eldritch Horror. Maybe, but it's in in typical fashion wrapping this up because we've been almost going for two hours now. Yep. In true fashion to like the whole entire finale, that idea of the two Sabrinas merging and fighting an Eldritch Beast simultaneously sounds awesome, but also very worrisome. It's probably, yeah, it, it could be either really good or just turn out to be really, really dumb. Mm-hmm. And you know, normally I'd be like, "Well, you know, this show has a great track record. It's, it's. I mean, it's, it could definitely pull it off, and it still could. But now it's like it's officially a toss-up now because, like, we've seen how bad it could go. Also, though, um, going into the good and the maybe worrisome. Yep. Um, one good, one worrisome. In the finale, two ships are born. Oh yeah, Zelda and uh, the 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 uh, Mamba Marie. Mamba Marie, yeah, the uh, the voodoo witch lady. Which that was really cool. I really like them. Yeah. It it seems like she's gonna be like that type that cult, where it's gonna be kind of like you've got the stuck up kind of person, yeah. and then you've got it's, the other person that calls them on it's it. Avalanche, basically for any yeah. anyone who watches Legend of Tomorrow. You've got, like, the free-spirited, fun one, and you've got the uptight, like, by-the-book kind of bitchy one. Mm-hmm. And that seems like it could be good. Yeah. But also, but then also in the episode, uh, Prudence and Ambrose break up because... because yeah, because, she's like, like Pru- she blames, Pru- uh, she, she blames uh, Ambrose for the loss of her sister's um, because if they, if she thinks if Ambrose had <coughs> let her kill Blackwood, like she had originally intended when they were in Scotland, uh, none of this would have happened. And Agatha wouldn't have been cursed and Dorcas wouldn't have been murdered. And her brother and sister wouldn't have been kidnapped. 
Which, to be fair, maybe. Yep. But but because they break up, they then end it with hinting that her and Nick are going to become a thing. Yep. Which I don't know if I like because we've seen numerous times in media where two destructive characters come together and... It's it's all it's kind of like this. Uh, this is a weird comparison, especially given how dark the characters are compared to the other characters that I'm about to compare them to. But this is kind of the equivalent of like the Gina, the the, the Gina and um, EJ ship from High School Musical, the musical, the series. You got a great kind char- of. You have a great character that I love, and then a character. Well, I mean, actually, I like Nick more than I like EJ, but like a character that I don't like as much that I think the other character could get ruined by this lesser character. Well, also, I see it kind of as sticking in universe. Varchie. Oh, ew. Where they both kind of bring out out the the worst worst. in each other. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they kind of already did that when they were like friends with benefits, like in the beginning. But anyway, um, we should probably end it there. Yeah, so th- that was pretty much our speculation portion. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into plugs and stuff. All right. It's a, so, m- for me, it's a much lighter week, so it should be faster. For me, it's uh, starting today as recording. Um, Sun- just say Sunday. Doctor Who. Yep. On Sunday, on a Sunday, Doctor Who. Then on Monday, it's, I believe, Black Lightning. And then Tuesday is... Legends. Legends. Then Wednesday is... Riverdale Nancy. Oh, I thought maybe they went up, right? Nope. Nope. Then Thursday is Legacies, I believe. Yep. Because I don't believe that they're going on a break either. Nope. And then Harley Quinn and Owl House on Friday. Yep. And that's me. All right. So mine's actually a lot simpler. Uh, Just Doctor Who on Sunday. Um, Nothing on Monday. So I got like basically two days off. So that's nice. Uh, Then uh, Tuesday is Flash and Legends. Uh, Wednesday is Nancy and Riverdale, uh, which, you know, I'm only doing this because Katie Keene's in the episode and I got to support Lucy. Uh, Honestly, same. Um, Nancy's great. Unless though. they pull something dramatic in that episode, as a warning, we're probably both going to be dropping it. Yep. Uh, I mean, we're still we're still going to watch, and like if they turn it around, we'll keep going. But like we are on the borderline fed up with Riverdale, as you could tell by our our, mm-hmm. our numerous Riverdale tangents. Um, but yeah, so that's Wednesday. Thursday is a Legacies and a Million Little Things. Uh, Friday is Harley Quinn and Owl House. Um, and then my anime stuff, uh, Railgun, uh, My Hero Academia. They canceled Interspecies Reviewers, which kind of sucks, but oh well. Um, I don't, I, I don't get you, Funimation. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a pretty light week. Um, I, because the Super Bowl is tomorrow, uh, you know, not much TV wants to try and compete with it, so... Literally everything's on break. That's on Sunday. Yeah, the only thing that's competing with it is 
something that originates in another country. I was going to say the, the the reason it doesn't compete with uh, the reason why it's not really com- it's competing but not really competing is because technically it releases at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Americans just get it at eight o'clock because of time zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so is going to be. Arrow season eight. This is going to be a really special episode because it's kind of not just be a review of season eight as a whole, but it's actually going to be like a more of a series retrospective in a way. Yeah, and, which um honestly won't be completely positive, but it, it's still a legendary show. No pun intended. And it it means a it means a lot to me personally. It means a lot to both of us, honestly, because again, it started the Arrowverse, which you know we owe a lot of our like careers mm-hmm. as reviewers to. And arguably, though, it it not only started the Arrowverse, it started like this resurgence of TV superheroes. I mean, yeah, I know it gets a lot darker, but I don't think we'd have something like The Boys. Which goes yep. really dark with superheroes, if yep. it weren't for Arrow, which brought superheroes back into the mainstream and also darkened them a bit. Yep. Also, um, this episode is going to be special because this is going to be our first one with a guest, uh, at least as of right now, unless her schedule changes. We're going to actually have my good friend, Comic Uno. Uh, you guys might know her from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast or her YouTube channel. Uh she and I both reviewed Arrow since episode one, and uh, we both, you know, have our ups and downs with the show. We've stuck with it all throughout. Um, and honestly, Arrow... Well, to be fair, you didn't stick with it. No, that's not true, because I, I, I actually only quit for, like, half, half a season. Like, it didn't fully quit. I stopped... For like half a season, I didn't like stop, stop. That... Well, at the time when you stopped, you were, you said that you were stop stopping. Yeah, but then it got good. <laughs> and they brought in Black Canary. Yeah, I mean Black Side. Yeah, then it got good. <laughs> I'm just... So yeah, I, I've I've been with it from the jump. And, like, I even got to the point where I, like, I thought I was done with it. And then I came back. And I ended up loving it again. Um, So, Mm -hmm. it's a whole saga. And honestly, like I said, I I pretty much owe my channel, like, my Blair channel and, you know, my YouTube channel as it was, um, like, to Arrow. Like, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for Arrow. Because Arrow was, like, that first show that really, like, you know, made me think, I really like doing this. So I'm going to do this. So I'm just going to keep going. So, like, this is going to be a very special episode uh, for, mm-hmm. you know, like, for us in general. And like I said, it's going to be really cool that we're going to have a guest along with us. So hopefully you guys join us for that one. Um, you can f- uh, send us feedback uh, at our email, channeltasterspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, we'd gladly read that off. Um, also... Uh, you uh, definitely leave us comments on the YouTube version as well um, over on uh, JNB's podcast, Omniverse. Um, Which you can also comment, like, and subscribe. Yep. 
And uh, you can also leave us a review to like help spread the podcast out there so it can get uh, be found by more people. Uh, you know, we thank everybody who listens to us on all the different platforms, Anchor, uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, all that stuff. You guys are great. We appreciate every single one of you. Uh, I realized like I got super loud. Indeed. I got super loud during that whole like anti-time travel rant. Like so loud that my parents like was like knocked on my wall and was like, hey, shut up. So like I got really impassioned. I'm I'm glad y'all glad y'all were able to stick through that. Trust me, there's more of that to come if you enjoyed that. Um especially if we talk about certain things with Arrow. Um but uh <laughs> we'll see if that subject comes up. Uh, but hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh I I always joke whenever I say, oh, this is probably not going to be that long. It ends up being long anyway. But thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys next time. Peace. All right. See ya, witches.